On today's show, Dallas Mavs Media Day is here. We'll be talking to most of the Dallas Mavericks. What question would you want to ask a Dallas Maverick? And then, Jay Crowder demanded a trade from the Phoenix Suns, and it looks like they're going to give it to him. We'll talk about that. Could the Mavs make a deal for him and more on today's Locked On Mavs? I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Locked On Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager from the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know. You can ask one Maverick one question. What would you ask? Luca, Dinwiddie, Christian Wood, Jaden Hardy, Dorian Finney-Smith. All kinds of questions that you can ask. We'll talk about that today. Uh, I'm so- running solo today this morning when you guys are checking us out, hopefully before Mavs Media Day. And uh, we got a couple things to talk about about Media Day. We're back. We're back. The boys are back. They're letting your boys back at Media Day. Uh, We'll be there in person exactly like we were last year talking to the Mavericks. We'll have a station at Media Day where we will conduct one-on-one interviews with with Mavericks. If you want to check out some of our rooms from yesterday or from last year, go check out our playlist on YouTube. We have all of them in full there. We'll be doing the exact same thing. We'll be asking them questions. We got a couple questions that we'll ask every single Maverick, a couple of them specifically for specific Mavericks. Should be pretty fun, and we'll have those going up throughout the day on YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed. 17,000 of you have already subscribed to Locked On Mavs on YouTube. Let's get to 20K. Let's get to 20K. Can we get to 20K before the season? That seems insane. Season starts like in a month or so. I don't know. Is that, is that so insane to get to, tw- to, to 20,000 subscribers on YouTube? So we will be back at Media Day, Isaac and I, conducting interviews along with our great crew that we're going to bring. And uh, Media Day is, is interesting. We talked a lot on Friday about what we want to see at Media Day and what you actually get out of it. Because in today's day and age with Twitter and Twitter reporters and everything that Woj and Shams tweet out all the time about what everybody's thinking at any given moment, it's hard to not know something (laughs) at this point, right? Like we know everything it seems like. We know when a team or a, we when we we know when a suspension for a coach is coming or like potentially coming when a team is thinking about it like that whole Ime Udoka thing the Boston Celtics coach that was you know uh Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that the Celtics were thinking about possibly suspending him or or even some kind of disciplinary action like we knew that before it happened so it's hard to not know things in today's but there's a couple things about the Mavericks I think we don't know yet that we haven't gotten to ask very direct questions about And we kind of know like where the Mavericks feel on certain things. We know what the starting lineup is already. Like we know that already because Jason Kidd offered it up. Tim Cato reported on, on the fifth starter going to be Reggie Bullock. So we know that it's going to be Luca Dinwiddie, the bang bros and the two wings and Dorian and Reggie Bullock. And then it's going to be, we know JaVale McGee is going to get the start according to uh, Jason Kidd. So that means that oh, man, you're casual. That means that Christian Wood's coming off the bench. We already know that. So that's something we know going into media day. Now, does that change? That would be interesting. That would be interesting, something to learn at media day if that had changed. Um, people doing press conferences at media day on Monday 
Jason Kidd, Luka Doncic. So this is like the press conferences for everybody. Everybody's going to be involved in these press conferences. Those will, those will be on the Mavs Twitch and YouTube and things like that. Those are not the interviews that we're going to do. But Jason Kidd, Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, and Christian Wood. Oh, man, you're casual. We'll all be doing the big interviews with everybody. So all people will be in there. Isaac and I will not be a part of those. But we will do our own individual interviews with uh, a number of those players and a couple that aren't on that list as well. So there are some players that you won't hear from at Media Day that you will hear from us, which is kind of fun. But we'll hear, we'll hear from those players. So we'll get to ask Jason. They'll get to ask Jason Kidd about that starting lineup thing. If he's going to stick with that. If, if Christian Wood. Oh, man, you're casual. If Christian Wood is not going to start or if he's going to come off the bench. And then we'll get to ask Christian Wood straight up. What do you think about that? What do you think about coming off the bench to start the season? Because no one's asked him about that yet. Like, we don't know that yet. Talk about things that we don't know about media day. That's one of the things. How does Christian Wood feel about that? Tim McMahon on the recent episode of, um, of uh, his ESPN podcast talked about how he believes in, you know, in knowing Christian Wood's camp and everything that he, that Christian Wood thinks he's the second best player on the Mavericks. He's definitely the second, second most talented player on the Mavericks. I kind of think by far, there's not many Mavericks that check as many boxes talent wise as he does athletically shooting the ball, you know, um, rolling like rim rolling and all that stuff. He checks a lot of boxes. That's why he's the second highest rated Maverick in NBA 2K. He's got a lot of skills. He's got a lot of uh, talent there, but, but he's coming off the bench. So how does that work? How does he think about that? And then my big question about this is how does management present him? How does Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd we're, we're, we're supposed to get Nico Harrison. We'll see if we, we get Nico Harrison. He was elusive from us last year, but we were supposed to get Nico Harrison. I'm interested to look at Nico Harrison and say, what about this Christian Wood guy? What do you guys expect him to be? What do you think he's going to be for your team? And that's something we're going to learn hopefully at media day. But I want to know how they present him because how they present him is going to set him up and set us up to know what they think of him and how they're going to use him this year. Because they're not setting him up, especially coming off the bench. They're not setting him up as, Oh, we think this guy is all-star caliber player. He's going to come in, immediately be the number two. He's going to replace the production from Jalen Brunson. He's just going to be, they're not presenting him like that. When they traded for him, Nico Harrison talked at 2 a.m. in front of of media on draft night, uh, in front of Isaac and and everybody. Where's the Explain yourself. Sorry. Where that drop came from. That drop came from like 2 a.m. on the night when Christian Wood was traded, that uh, or the night with the, when the official Christian Wood trade uh, came down, that Christian Wood is going to have to prove some things to the Mavericks, and that the Mavericks going to have to prove some things to Christian Wood because he's on an expiring deal. Like this is the this is a one year deal for him. And so, how does each side kind of present it? I'm going to ask Christian Wood too. What do you think you have to prove to the Mavericks? And then ask Nico Harrison the same thing. What does he need to prove to you guys? It's a prove it year for him. So what what things have to be proved? Is it defensively? He has to prove that to me. I don't know if he has to prove that to the Mavericks, but he's got to prove that to me for me to feel good about this team going into the playoffs. So Christian Wood, there's a lot of different things around him and how management presents him is something that I want to know. There's a bunch of things we don't know going into media day, and that's one of them. Exactly how they think about it, how his teammates think about him, and what Christian Wood thinks about himself. What does Christian Wood think about himself? We saw the tweet that he had a little while ago where he uh, referenced um, Derrick Rose. Where Derrick Rose, when when Christian Wood was back playing in Detroit, 
Derrick Rose t- told Christian Wood, you'll be an all-star in three years. Three years, you'll be an all-star. Well, guess what? This is year three. <laughs> this is year three since Derrick Rose told him that. And Christian Wood tweeted that out during the offseason. Christian Wood also talked about at, at Summer League when he was interviewed during a Mavericks Summer League game and was asked, well, what do you expect with this team? What do you want to do with this team? He's like, I just want to win. I just want to win. I just want to go in there and do anything it takes. Well, Jason Kidd's going to ask him to do some stuff that he hasn't done in the past. Defend, defend the rim well, defend one-on-one, come off the bench. Like He hasn't done that in a couple of years. He's been the guy in Houston. He's, he's, he thought he was the best player in Houston for a couple of years after James Harden was traded. And so now he comes into this scenario. How much do you want to win? How does management set him up? And how does he consider himself going into this whole scenario? Hopefully we'll get some answers about that in media day because it's all going to be really fascinating. Coming up, a couple questions about Spencer Dinwiddie because his role is honestly maybe more important than Christian Woods going into the year. He's one of the biggest X factors. Him and Christian Wood are just huge pieces for the Mavericks. Uh, ESPN's 69th ranked player, um, Spencer Dinwiddie. We'll talk about him. And then Jay Crowder demanded a trade. Could the Mavericks get into it? I'll talk about that in the second segment as well coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. You can't play Media Day, Media Day Bingo on Bet Online. Sorry, you can't. But you can already go ahead and check out Conference Futures. Western Conference, the Mavericks are plus 1,200. Holy cow. They have them behind the Warriors, Clippers, Suns, Lakers, Nuggets, and Grizzlies to win the Western Conference. Behind the Grizzlies. That one's and behind the Lakers. Behind the Lakers thing is just, just a Vegas thing. They always put they always put the Lakers way too high on these things. But plus if you're betting plus 700 for the Lakers to win the Western Conference, I I got some questions. I, I may have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you or wherever wherever that bridge is that's not there. <laughs> a London bridge. You'll be really disappointed with the London bridge <laughs> if I sold you that one. They also have division odds. That's interesting to me because when's the last time we ever talked about the division? The Mavericks are plus 135 to win the Southwestern division. Memphis is plus 110 and New Orleans is plus 400. The Rockets are plus 50,000. Holy cow. The Rockets and Spurs are both both plus 50,000. So check it out. There's all kinds of interesting odds on BetOnline. It's BetOnline where the game starts. All right, Isaac, we're continuing to talk about media day. Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I got some questions about Spencer Dinwiddie. How do Kid and Luca and Nico Harrison and others talk about Spencer Dinwiddie? That's what I want to know. I want to ask them about Spencer Dinwiddie, about the ball handler situation adjacent to the ball handler situation is how they feel about Spencer Dinwiddie. The Mavericks have two ball handlers, Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, can Frank Nielakina handle the ball? Can Josh Green handle the ball? Can Jaden Hardy handle the ball? Sure, but they can't handle the ball on the level that the Mavericks want to reach on a all right, you're playing the Clippers on a you know Thursday night on TNT, and it's like a big deal. And it comes down to, all right, we got to win this stretch in the third quarter when Luca is on the bench. Who can who can step up? You know, maybe Dinwiddie is out. Dinwiddie's injured. Luca has to sit for a while. Who's handling the ball? They have a problem. They only have two guys. And uh, Mavs assistant coach Greg St. Jean told us on this podcast that. They don't see a time when Luca or Dinwiddie will not be on the floor. At least one of those two guys. But I see one of those times because those guys miss games. Those guys get injured a lot. So who else is going to step up? But I'm interested to see how they talk about Spencer Dinwiddie because of the need the Mavericks have and how big of a role he's going to have. He's going to be huge this year. Huge this year. He's the only other ball handler on the team, really. 
credit the only credible ball handler on the team. And so how does Luca talk about him? Does he say, you know, I have full trust in Spencer Dinwiddie? Probably. That's probably what he's going to say. Luca is pretty cut and dry when it comes to media stuff, any any kind of media stuff. Dirk mentioned that recently. Dirk was on either WFAA or 105.3. He went on like a million radio stations to talk about his Dirk tennis event that happened this past weekend that seemed to go off really, really well. And he said, Luca was a lot like me with the media when I first started. You know, I just wanted to say the right things. It's my second, it's my second language for Luca. It was like his, it's like his fourth or fifth language English is. And so he just wanted to say the right things. Didn't want to get, you know, didn't want to say too much. He's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. We're starting to see it. Hopefully he gets a little comfortable with us today on media day on Monday. Uh, but how do they talk about Spencer Dinwiddie? Do they, did they start singing his praises or do they say, yeah, you know, he's going to be the one to, he's going to be the one to step up this year. Or do they start saying, yeah, we, we've seen him. He's been working out. Uh, he also buzzed his hair. I, I saw it on uh, Instagram. He's got like, <laughs> he had like the fro going. And then he posted on Instagram, like a picture of him in the barber chair. And then he posted a picture of all the hair on the ground. So I'm interested to see what he looks like too on media day. I'm also the one, one sneaky thing I'm, I'm interested to, to hear is how did Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, basically management. How does management talk about the Mavs overachieving last year? That's a real sneaky thing that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. But the Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison in exit interviews right after they lost to the Golden State Warriors talked about how the Mavericks had overachieved this year, had done better than they had expected. How do they do that? How do they handle that going into this year? How do they handle expectations? They're going to talk about expectations. I just know it. I just know they're going to bring up expectations for this team. Now, this is Jason. Ready? Where's the Jason Kidd drop? Good morning, Isaac. I think that, you know, there are some expectations for this team. And we know that last year we went to the final, we went to the Western Conference Finals. That's not going to happen every year. Only four teams get to go to the conference finals. That's not going to happen every year. We want it, we want it to be, you know, this this thing where you get better and better every year. And some years it doesn't work like that. But this is a positive world. <laughs> and then he'll spin it into something else. He'll spin it into some kind of other positive thing. But I'm interested to see how they talk about the team. All right. So Jay Crowder has been like this, this, there's this weird, weird situation with Jay Crowder and Phoenix. So Phoenix Suns wing, Mavs played against him in the second round. He is he is just one of those players you don't want to play against. He's just super annoying to play against, but he's been on a lot of really good teams. So he tweets, so <laughs> this reporter, Dwayne Rankin, tweets like this list of five things, five or six things that uh, are you know that that we're looking into for Suns training camp, like things to watch. It's like it's like Sarver selling the team. DeAndre Ayton didn't want to come back because of the contract situation. Chris Paul getting older, things like that. And one of those was, will Jay Crowder or Cameron Johnson start? That was his tweet. Will Jay Crowder or Cameron Johnson start? That was one of the the bullet points in his tweet. And Jay Crowder from his own Twitter account quote tweets it and says, "99 won't be there." When Jay Crowder was in Dallas, he wore number nine. But ever since then, he's worn 99 <laughs> and said 99 won't be there. So Jay Crowder talking about himself in the third person, I guess. If you mention your own number, is that third person? I guess so. I guess. Yeah, because it's like talking about yourself in the outside perspective. But he said 99 won't be there as talking about Suns training camp, basically saying he's at he's requesting a trade. And so those Suns, with just another press release, like how many press releases has that team had to do in the last little while? 
uh, some of them for better things than others. But the Suns, the Suns released a press release that said this Phoenix Suns and forward Jay Crowder have mutually agreed that he will not be with the team for training camp. So my guy's just not, he's, he's not going to start. Cam Johnson's going to start instead of him. It's been oh, a badly kept secret, I guess. All the reporters around the team talk about how Cam Johnson's going to get the start this year. So Jay Crowder's going to the bench and now Jay Crowder doesn't want to be with the Suns at all. So now they're going to trade him. Then Jay Crowder, then Jay Crowder tweeted this in all caps. Should I scream it? Should I scream it so it sounds like in all caps? One must seek work where he is wanted, where he is needed. I am thankful for what these past two years have taught me. Now I must take another challenge with continued hard work and dedication. For those of you who closed the door on me, thank you. 99 back soon. If he said talk soon at the end, I would have just fainted. I would have just fainted. And then he tweeted like the ninja emoji at the end of it. So Jay Crowder wants out of the Suns. That's it. That whole situation is so interesting because they have the Suns have so much stuff going on. They were a 64-win team last year, and they just lose the way that they did in game seven against the Mavericks. You know, it's it's chef's kiss for us. But for them, it's I mean, it's catastrophe. Chris Paul turned 29, or no, 29. Chris Paul turned 37. During that series, remember Jason Kidd and good morning, happy birthday, CP. That was a great drop during the playoffs. He turns 37, so he's getting older. At what point does he start to fall off? DeAndre Ayton may not want to be there. Now Jay Crowder doesn't want to be there. The whole Robert Sarver thing is looming over them. Even though the Sarver thing, I'm not considering as big of a deal for them because it seemed like he was pretty removed from the whole situation even last year. But, the, but on the court, they still got some stuff to figure out with these guys not wanting to be on this team. So for the Mavericks... Can they get Jay Crowder? Sure, they could get Jay Crowder. They could try to get Jay Crowder. They could trade him straight up for Dwight Powell. That contract works both sides. So then you say, all right, well, why would the Suns do it? Well, the Suns don't necessarily have a bunch of backup bigs because guess where one of their backup bigs is? It's in Dallas, in, in, uh, in JaVale McGee. Um, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is with the Mavericks now. So their backup bigs are like Bismack Biombo who they brought back, who's like 6'8", it's fine. And then Dario Saric, who's coming back from injury, but he's more like a forward. That he plays like a small ball five for them every once in a while, but they, if they're going to lose Jay Crowder, then they could need, they could use another four like him, um, you know, to fill some minutes. Because after that, they really only have like Torrey Craig, Cam Johnson to play their four. And that's, that's a pretty shallow situation they have. Now they also brought in Jock Landale from the, from the Suns, uh, but he's going to play some five. I, I don't see him as a four or from the Spurs. They brought him in, but so they could use a Dwight Powell. Maybe, maybe they need like another just center off the bench, but then they could also throw him a second. Here are the seconds that the Mavericks have. Um, their 2025 second round pick goes to the Knicks. If their 2023 first round pick isn't conveyed, it's going to be convey conveyed. The Mavericks are gonna be that good. It's only like top 10 protected or something like that. Then they also have a 2027 Second round pick and a 2029. So maybe they throw him one second. I don't think that's enough for the Suns. And I don't think the Suns are dying to get back Josh Green or I don't know that we want, like the Mavs want to give up Jaden Hardy. I just don't think that's something that they want to do. So could they do it? Sure. They could try to do it. They could try to throw him a second. I don't know if Jay Crowder's price is going to be a first round pick. There's going to be some teams looking into him. But we just saw Bojan Bogdanovic not get a not get a first round pick. And I don't think Jay Crowder is better than Boyan Bogdanovich. So it's the timing of it. Boyan didn't get a second round, didn't get a first round pick for him because of the timing of everything. 
So coming up, if the Mavericks did get Jay Crowder, what would he bring to the team? Why should the Mavericks want to go after him? We'll talk about that. And then another kind of sneaky thing is that Kemba Walker is not going to show up to camp for the Pistons. So could the Mavericks get in on that? Could he be the third ball handler the Mavs need? We'll talk about that coming up. That was the chair. <laughs> All right, Isaac. Let's continue to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Jay Crowder has demanded a trade and the Suns are going to give it to him. How many players have demanded a trade or we thought they were going to get traded and they either didn't or like KD. Remember John Collins was like absolutely going to get traded at the draft and he didn't. He's going into, they already had their media day over the weekend. So Jay Crowder, what would he bring to the Mavericks? Jay Crowder was with the Mavericks, you know, forever ago. He actually played in that 2014 playoff series against the, uh, the Spurs, when Vince Carter hit that game-winning shot in that one game. That's pretty wild that that's how long ago he was with the Mavericks. That was like one of his first years in the NBA. Um, but what would he bring? He's 32 years old. He started every single game for the, for Phoenix last year. A 64-win team. He started every single game. So that's that's big time. They could have started Cam Johnson. They decided not to. They had a couple other options they could have gone with. But Jay Crowder was their guy. He started every game. And he brings playoff experience. 107 playoff games for Jay Crowder in his career. I mentioned he was part of that 2014 team with Dirk that uh, took the Spurs to game seven. That was a wild series. Uh, he went to the finals twice with Miami in 2020 and then Phoenix in 2021. So the bubble year and then Phoenix versus the Milwaukee Bucks. He was, it, he was on that team. He went to the Eastern Conference finals with the Celtics in 2017. He went to the second round with Utah in 2018. And then we all know what happened in Phoenix in 2022 where they lost to the Mavericks. So he went to the second round there. But 107 playoff games is a ton. I would guarantee it's the most. Yeah, it's the most on the Dallas Mavericks by like a lot. Like, I don't know. Like maybe if you added up all the playoff games the Mavericks have played, that might equal it. Uh, because there's just not a lot of guys with tons of playoff experience on the Mavericks. Uh, after last year, maybe it changes. But the other thing he brings, he's a solid defender. He's a solid defender, positional defender. He's not like your lockdown guy. I, I don't know if I would start him over Reggie Bullock or Dorian Finney-Smith. That brings up another question, but he's going to be solid defensively. He's going to bring some solid stuff. And then streaky shooting. Regular season, over the last you know 424 games of his career in the regular season, he shoots 35.5%. Solid. He gets solid shooting. He, and he takes about six a game. In the playoffs, about 34.5% on six three-point attempts per game in 90 playoff games. That's since 2017. So the last like five or six years, he's been a solid three-point shooter. But he is streaky. Really streaky. In 2021, in that playoff run of the Suns against Houston, he hit eight threes in a game. <laughs> That's crazy. Eight threes in a game. Now, Maxi Kleba hit that many uh, in, a, in a game in the playoffs. But... Uh, he's also hit six threes in a playoff game eight times. He's hit five threes in a playoff game 14 times. So that's 23 times that Jay Crowder over in his career has hit five or more threes in a playoff game. And he's only shooting 34% in that, in that time span. So that's streakiness. That's like the highs of he's going to hit six threes in a game, five threes in a game, or he's going to hit no threes or one three or, and miss like six of them. Just real streaky. Can you rely on him? It depends. He's swung some playoff some playoff series for some teams because he either could hit a bunch of threes or couldn't hit a bunch of threes. Kind of like Maxi and, and Reggie Bullock and Dorian did for the Mavs last year. The other thing that he would bring to the Mavericks is juice. He brings some juice. He's He brings energy and just a boost for every team he plays for. He's just so annoying to play against. 
the Mavericks and, and the Suns, like I just felt like every time Jay Crowder did anything in that Suns series, it was just annoying. He's he's complaining about something. He's getting in somebody's face. He's doing something. Like there's just always something about him. But he's one of those players that you hate it when he's you're playing against him, but you love it when he's on your team. So he would bring some juice to the Mavs, and I'd be interested to see if the Mavericks could could pull pull you know move for him. We'll see what happens and how much he actually goes for. If it's a first round pick, the Mavs can't do it. They can't start giving up first round picks for guys like Jay Crowder. But a second and Dwight Powell, that could work. That could work. Um. But then he, but he won't start. I don't think he's not going to start over Reggie or Dorian for me. They're just too integral to what this team brings. I think Bullock's a better, def, uh, he's a better shooter and a defender. So like he's better at three and D than Jay Crowder is, which is what you bring him in to do. So you'd bring him off the bench. Is that what he wants? I don't know. I shouted that whole tweet that he sent out, and it doesn't seem like coming off the bench is something that he would want to do. I don't know. We'll see. That's the big question. Kemba Walker, according to Sham Sharania, Pistons Kemba Walker will likely be away from the team. As training camp opens this week, um, Detroit will need to waive or trade one player, so either Kemba or somebody else, by October 17th. So it's got to happen soon, in the next three or four weeks or so, to be at the league limit for standard roster spots going into the season. So the Pistons have to make a decision. They have to decide. They got too many guaranteed rosters. They, they made too many trades. And so they have to they have to waive somebody. Um, Kemba Walker is the guy that's, probably, <laughs> that's like a – a real easy one. He's making $9.1 million. He's an undrafted free or he's a unrestricted free agent after this year. So it's an expiring deal. Uh, Hamadou Diallo is expiring for them. Corey Joseph, Rodney Magruder, they're all expiring. So Rodney Magruder may be the guy if they decide to keep Kemba. But what I think is going to happen is the Pistons are going to start to look around the league. They're going to canvas the league. Who wants Kemba Walker? And everyone will say, not me. And then they'll just wave him. And he'll be the guy because he's not going to go to training camp. And that already is a sign that he doesn't want to be with the team. They don't really have a role for him. They've got Killian Hayes to try and work through. They got Cade Cunningham already. Like they got Corey Joseph. They, they have, they have ball handlers. Like they have guards. They have Jay Nivey now who's going to be a huge role for them. So maybe they, maybe the, they couldn't talk Kemba Walker into being a, a mentor for Jaden Ivey. So they got all these guards. Kemba's not going to have a real role. He wants to go to a place with a real role. So they're going to wave him. And then I think the Mavericks could try to pick him up. I think they should try to. He's not as good as Dragic would be. He's not as good as some of the other options the Mavericks have had this summer. But he'd be somebody. They'd be taking a flyer on him. See if he's got anything. The The role that reportedly that the Mavericks offered Dragic would be perfect for Kemba. You play like at once every three or four days. You're not going to have this huge consistent role. You'll be our third ball handler. It's not like they would play Luka and Dinwiddie and Kemba together. They would maybe do Luka and Kemba, Dinwiddie and Kemba as like ball handlers. And that would be his role. And they'll try to see if he's got anything left in the tank. The last time we saw Kemba, by the way, he looked terrible. Like like maybe completely washed. <laughs> but he started 37 games for the Knicks. Uh, did not look particularly good. But they brought him in as a starter. They brought him in as a guy that was like, you know, he's supposed to be their point guard. What they brought, what the Knicks brought in Jalen Brunson to do, they wanted Kemba to do first, which is kind of weird because the Mavericks went after Kemba in free agency a couple years ago, and then Brunson became what they wanted Kemba to be, and now Brunson is going to be what the Knicks don't wanted Kemba to be. So uh, maybe it'll work out in the opposite way for the Mavericks this time. Uh, but Kemba was going to come to the Mavericks a couple years ago. And then it's the year when Al Horford went to the, went back to the Celtics. They didn't know that that was going to happen. And so that whole thing messed up all that. 
So the Mavericks have had interest in him in the past. Now, it was the past regime. It wasn't Nico Harrison and them. It was Don Nelson and them. But Kemba Walker would be an interesting flyer. They got the roster spot open, and bring him in, see what he can do. If not, then you can wave him and try somebody else. It's, it's going to be a rotating cast until they make a trade or they get somebody in. So let us know in the comment section. What do you think about Kemba Walker? What do you think about a Jay Crowder trade? What kind of questions would you ask at Media Day? There's all kinds of great stuff. We will be here uh, five days a week now. We're back to five days a week, and we're going to be doing all kinds of interviews at Media Day. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Now go listen to Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Great stuff from Josh Lloyd. He's just the GOAT. Incredible at fantasy basketball. Got mock drafts. He's got hour-long stuff. He's got his daily show. He's got previews on every single team on, on fantasy, so go check it out. Guys, thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!